Hey, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us on our weekly journey that we call Living Hope, designed to provide hope, inspiration, and education for those living with pancreatic cancer. Sharing the real-life stories of those really affected by this deadly disease and how they deal with it on a daily basis. Well, we got a couple of survivor stories here today. A couple of people have a little insight on how they've dealt with it and the things they've done to dedicate their lives to helping others around it, starting with our host, Roberta Luna. Hey, Roberta. Hi, Paul. Thank you so very much. So happy to be here, and I'm so thrilled today. I'm kind of jumping around in my seat, so i got to try to be still. But we have... I was just going to say, the last time your guest was here, it, it blew up on social media. So we had a great uh, episode here, and I didn't know she was coming on today again here. <laughs> I kind of messed up on sending out the info to you, but we did um, uh, do an encore presentation last week just to kind of have people know that they were coming back and to hear a little bit of their story. But we have Aggie Hirschberg, founder of the Hirschberg Foundation for Pancreatic Cancer Research, and her daughter, Lisa Manham, Manham sorry, um, ex-produced. My goodness, my tongue is not helping me today. <laughs> Should we just start the whole thing? Or no, no, no. <laughs> Executive Director of the Hirschberg Foundation join us today. Today, to me, is to everybody, I hope, is a very special episode. We're reflecting the Hirschberg Foundation's 25 years of making progress towards a, t- a cure. I know you don't want to call these 25 years of celebration yet, so we will respect that and just look at it as a reflection back. But I'm just so happy to have you guys here and just really appreciate the 25 years and everything that you've done and just want to see where you've been, what you're doing, and what the future holds. So if you can just kind of tell us, how did the Hirschberg for Pancreatic Cancer Research get its start? The start the start was 20, more than 25 years ago. My husband was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and we then had a 1% survival rate, and together we decided that we were going to beat it, and have a long life. Of course, six months later, he passed. But the only thing that happened, he never told me to stop. (laughs) So it was the beginning. It was just, it's a promise we made to each other. So it was natural for me to continue. So to begin, I began with the two doctors that were just wonderful uh, at UCLA, uh, an oncologist, a surgeon. And it was a long start because I had absolutely no experience in science. And I joke about the fact that in, in, in college, the most important science I took was horticulture. So I, <laughs> I was just an absolute newbie to the field. My background is business, but business and uh, professional arts, and uh, I knew how to I, how, how to think and plan. The first question was, well, where's the research center at UCLA? Let me go see the research center. And they told me they didn't have one. And right that second, I said, you have it. And it was step by step by step. And Can I ask just one quick question? Because we did play your episode last. I'm sitting behind her. That's why she turned around. <laughs> but uh, we, we played your episode uh, from before, uh, last week. 
because Roberta was out, so we did a rerun. And I was listening to it again, and I smiled at what you just said. Uh, you and your husband had built a very successful enterprise. You were doing what? Uh, distributing Adidas? We were, yeah, we, that, that's Adidas, right. Adidas uh, uh, accessories and stuff here. So you built this giant company. And all of a sudden, at the height of your success, this hits. And so after your husband passes away, you go down to UCLA and you say, well, all right, you got a research center now. We, we can fund this thing. We'll, we'll do this. And you kind of said, if I don't, if I remember correctly, eh, we'll give it a year or two. We'll solve this thing pretty quickly. You know, we built a business pretty quickly. We'll solve. <laughs> Twenty-five years later, we're still on this journey here. Talk about that. I laugh about that too because, honest to God, in any business, two, three years, and and if it's not successful, you give up. So, I imagined a ten-year project but not not much longer. If I look at what has happened in 25 years, to say that we had 1% survive when my husband passed and we have 11% uh, at, at current time, in medicine I think that's progress. It's, it's good progress. And the things that we added to the foundation step by step. Uh, my next question was, well, there is research now here at UCLA, but what about the other universities? Then started the seed grant program. So, and that covers 40 other universities uh, in the country. So, so with the seed grant program, what we really did is create the manpower to have information because before that, you know, if there's no money, there's no research. And was that the problem, Roberta? You talked about this before. It, there's no research because statistically it doesn't reach, affect as many people as, say, breast cancer or other sorts of heart disease. It, it, it reaches a lot of people, but not the numbers that some of these other diseases do. And therefore, there's no money thrown at it because it's not a big enough group of people. It's about the volume. It's about the volume of people before you start to pay attention. Of course, we, even t today, there's all sorts of 1% uh, cancers out there. And, and it's, it's, it's just to push the button. Just keep, keep going, keep spreading, keep, keep funding, um, which we have done for 25 years, and we see good results. Yeah, and um, I know when Hirschberg Foundation was established in 1997, it was organized around five mission pillars. Can you explain that to us, what those five mission pillars are? Yeah, we, we took a long time. I joined up with my mom shortly after the second year that the foundation went into play, and somebody had given us the advice that we need a, we need a mission vision statement. And I remember sitting in the living room and really... Uh, spending a lot of time on exactly what we're trying to accomplish and we laid out these these five pillars and one of them is to find a cure in honor of Ronnie and the thousands of others who are diagnosed but the other four were to create a premier cancer center where all patients can be met in one space to be the leading funder of research to create awareness and fundraising through for generations um, through physical fitness activities. We were never, we've never had a gala in 25 years. We've only fundraised via 
essentially physical fitness, 5K and our other events. So we had all these these pillars. Did I think I hit all five? Um, and that just sort of, I feel like, really guided us in what we were doing. Is this, are we going to, are we going to fill this are we going to fill this goal? Are we working towards accomplishing that? And when we we sort of looked at twenty around you know twenty four years, we're like, oh my gosh, our twenty fifth is coming up. What is this going to mean for us? We haven't found a cure. So what? That's why we talked about. Or you intimated that we don't. We're not really celebrating right now. But then we looked at we looked on the our wall in our office, which has the five pillars, and we're like, you know what? That one's accomplished. That one's accomplished. Done. Done. And it was just this last, this last, you know, big one to find a cure that wasn't. And we we knew right away, like that. That's our message for the next year. It's it's acknowledging that we have made great progress. That we've hit these four out of five pillars. We've succeeded on these fronts. But at the end of the day, until that fifth pillar, until that cure is found, we keep going. We're not celebrating. I mean, we're celebrating, but we're not celebrating. Yeah. You know, we're. I'm. I'm. I'm just. Uh, I, I, I'm really surprised at how how many friendships we have made in the 25 years. How many? I'm gonna cry. How many uh, families we unfold to our to our our circle, and and it's not just us, but probably two. 2,500 people that are are with us every second and support what we do. So I'm very grateful, very very grateful for all the all the people. And they, the only people that are supporting us are who have been touched by pancreatic cancer. There's no need to tell you otherwise. Uh, most people still don't know what it what pancreatic where the pancreas is, what it what it does. So I really feel that this is my family. These 2,500 supporters or 3,000. It just it means everything to do things together. It does, and I think the reason why we have become a family is it's a different type of cancer. All cancers are bad, and I wish we could eradicate all of them, but this one is, I think, among the worst of the cancers because, for one, we have nothing yet as far as an early diagnostic tooling, um, so there's no early detection, which I think would help with the survival rate. Just the fact by the time it's diagnosed for most, it's just so you know far-fetched that there's not a lot that can be done. So we kind of find, and we need to find those people who understand what we're going through because others just don't get it. You know, it's not like we can go down and get a simple blood test or you know uh, an exam and they're going to find it. So, how do you think we're going to get to the cure? One of the projects that I'm looking at right now is a blood test that identify cancers of all kinds and it really uh, it has helped other cancers and it it's now focused on pancreatic cancer as well and to be able to discover the tumor at a stage one or, or a stage two offers a lifetime you know at stage four we have nothing we, six months or a year and a half or two is nothing. So 
the concentration for research is more taking more of a a, a, a more dire a di different direction because all we did for 25 years is basic science just to uh, to learn to understand it so it's only been maybe the last 10 years that we started to move forward so we have multi chemotherapies we have radiation we have everything in place but discovering the cancer at stage four is is still not a, a finish line so as we continue we have to start looking at how we can detect earlier and earlier and earlier and uh, we're concerned about families that have cancers of, of many types pancreatic cancer included and to follow those families after you know a, 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 a blood test that many companies are working on and but we're still in it in its infant phases to push forward do you think we're getting close with the blood test absolutely so the companies are set the the i'm i'm not going to start with names we're all very close to having fda approval and of course <laughs> it, it's, it's difficult. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's, it's I know it's it's difficult, and it's like so many. Unfortunately, I mean, mine was diagnosed early because only I lost three family members. But so many people are diagnosed by chance, and nobody should be diagnosed by chance. You know, we should be able to go in and say, I have this in my family, or I have this, I, I want to just be part of the physical. Yeah. I mean, they test you, they check you for diabetes and other things. So why is this not something they're looking at? But the, part, the problem with pancreatic cancer is that there's limited signals. You know, I mean, my, my husband was a big man, and uh, he started to lose weight, and he says, I'm on a diet. I am a diet. I feel better. I feel great. So nothing happens until, uh, unless you're being monitored, you don't know something yeah. is happening. And maybe I'm sleeping, I'm getting a little tired. All of those things are just normal symptoms, right? So it's jaundice eyes that put you into the hospital. And that's stage four. And it's, it's the the beginning of a, of, a, of a progress, but not long enough lifetime. Yeah. We do have you know many survivors that are stage four who are surviving and doing very well right now. I mean, I know personally a couple that are five years, but it's something that is rare and we want more of that. So if we can get the early testing, whatever it is to, to find it in the early stages. Um, That's the goal. Exactly what we yeah. want to get it. So I know um, somebody asked somebody asked one question here on Twitter. Sure. So if you detect it earlier, what would you do? Can you radiate it easier? Can you remove it easier? Uh, can you stop it through other lifestyle changes or stunt its growth? What would you do if you could detect it earlier? You you, you can start treatment earlier. That's it. And and it and. Today we have 30 years survivors that had surgery, 35 years after, after surgery. So it's all about getting to the tumor at the earliest moment. 
that's you know that's that's the goal with the blood tests and also getting to the tumor before it grows larger before it impacts other organs and ultimately where you can go in and remove it or or mm -hmm. target it more acutely with what treatment. is it that keeps so you've talked about this before Robert. i'm sorry i'm jumping in here too much today but i'm just all these questions keep popping in my head why can't we remove it? Why can't more people use the Whipple or do these things? Is it just because of where it's located or it gets intertwined with other organs? What, what keeps that from being the go-to option? I, I love the question. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I was a surgeon and it's too late to go to medical school. <laughs> On your UCI. But because you can remove the tumor, but there's a little tiny cell that went to the left or went to the mm -hmm. right and it's those little guys that keep going keep going yeah unfortunately so, it's one of the because a, a lot of the times the reason they can't remove it surgically is because of the location that happens right. to be my my situation but you know i and i have had a doctor tell me that even though maybe i do remove the tumor that doesn't mean like like your Andrew was saying it didn't go somewhere else i mean that's the problem too is you want to get it before a metastasizer has a chance to travel and it's not always known at the time when they're doing the surgery so it's it's not just a simple a simple fix yeah, i wish yeah i wish we could just say yeah. and i i don't know if you you know remember charlotte's favorite thing when she was told she had charlotte ray when she was told she had pancreatic cancer she would always tell me i just told him take it out take it out <laughs> <laughs> and luckily she was able to have hers taken you know have it taken out so and survived a very long time and was very uh, a great advocate but unfortunately that's not the way it always happens to be um, you have funded three labs at UCLA with a specialized area of focus, and they work together towards a cure. Can you talk a little bit about those labs? We have several labs, and first of all, it took years for each of them to develop their expertise and, 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 and knowledge. And our other thoughts now is, or my thoughts now are, is... Uh, combination projects so if you're working on on this circle and somebody's working on that squ square work together to see how that can give you an answer so collaborating versus individual not individual talents i i published a paper and i'm, I'm really doing good you didn't do good okay you're going to do good if you like a team together. effort? Reach, like a team effort? Yeah, re reach another level. If we started with manpower, okay, the next step is really together. together. Collaboration. Collaboration. Yeah, working together, I think it's, and a lot of organizations. I know you, you're a part of, and I hope I don't get this wrong, the World Pancreatic Cancer Coalition. I, I, one of the, I'm so proud of the UC system. I think. This is probably the largest project in the country today to have UC San Francisco, UCLA, Irvine, San uh, Diego, San Diego, San Diego. Yeah. Uh, there's one missing the Midwest, Mid middle, <laughs> Riverside, I think maybe. <laughs> uh, all data is being shared by the five universities in very in their various pancreatic cancer sessions groups so how does that help how does that help because they're studying a larger uh, 
larger population versus an individual university. So, and then they're studying those that survived. What did we do here? Okay, did we do the right thing because she's 15 years out? Okay, what about what this patient? What did this patient get? Right, that didn't survive. So it's, it's first of all studying history. Second of all, if it's if it's a clinical trial, you have a much larger group. You have you have a valid group that uh, can teach and and go forth. So that's that's a great 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 project, and I, it, it can't be repeated quite like this unless universities join. So NYU connects with the University of Miami. That's those are the kind of things that that have to happen too. It's not your secret in at NYU. Okay, it's together. And how do we get them to come together and, and share that information? And just uh, work we together? have we we funded not only the, uh, the UC project, but a group to, that studies uh, BRCA gene survivals and treatments, and it's w within five uni four universities in the United States and uh, 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 Israel. So. Yeah. Again, a different direction, stepping away from just you know one project to coordinating. And hopefully, the UC Cancer Consortium will become a role model for other universities, or they'll see this work and want to emulate it in in other states. And I, I think it's just really about. The last decades have been about breaking down that it's mine and getting to a point of sharing and working together. And even in the way that our labs are next to each other and they've all got their own roles, but, but what they're doing is all related. And that's just sort of seemed to, that's our sort of been our, yeah. just our drive this last, our motto, theme, collaboration, collaboration this last 10 years. Yeah, don't 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 keep it locked up in a in a in a vault somewhere. In a vault, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't but yeah. share the information. Share so the information. Can... And doctors are really they challenge each other. They question. They they're um, competitive. They're competitive. They're they yeah. So the the sharing that's been going on is hopefully gonna you know be one of the things that breaks down. Somebody else wanted to know about funding. Is it all just about money? My late father used to say, tell me the problem and I'll tell you the answer. It's always money. Is it just money or is it more than that? This is just a very complex, difficult equation to figure out. Money helps. Uh, it, it's about money. It, I mean, if we, if we didn't start funding 25 years ago, we wouldn't have an 11% survival rate. Yeah. Right. I mean, it was all all because you know some guy had an idea at a university, and we gave him a chance. Yeah, I mean, of course, cancer is so complex. I mean, even with pancreatic cancer, there are multiple types. No two tumors are alike. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the problem is obviously so giant 
but without without funding then when I see when when I see the Super Bowl come around and they're spending you know millions of dollars a on a billion dollars yeah on a 30 <laughs> second commercial I'm like oh can you just give just a little three seconds of that commercial to, to us and we could do great things with it so yeah, yeah. Well, I think you guys have done great things in these 25 years, and you know I really appreciate you, and thank you for coming and joining us. And I know you have an event coming up. You want to give it a plug? Yeah, can we, real quick, the, our, it's our 25th LA Cancer <laughs> Challenge, which is a Halloween-themed, family-friendly 5K that's on October 23rd at UCLA. And the fact that we're, that is a celebration, 25 years of being out there and uh, raising awareness and having families come together. It's it's a reunion. It's a uh, inspiring day, um, and it's it's one of our largest fundraisers. So it's really really important that people come out. And you don't have to be a runner. We have a lot. Most people are walkers, <laughs> and it's on the UCLA campus on a Sunday. No you traffic. Give us the, the hey. website real quick. Yes, lacancerchallenge.com. And I want to thank you because Living Hope, your journey with pancreatic cancer, yes, is a sponsor, sponsor this woo-woo. year. So thank you for that opportunity. <laughs> so and happy. There we are, too. I'm just looking forward to it. And um, I know there was, I was looking through videos, and I, and I don't remember the doctor's name, and I don't even have the quote exactly right, but he said just to hang on. The cure is just around the corner, and that has stuck with me. And I know your new motto is never give up. Finding, finding the cure is worth fighting for. And I just, again, thank you for being here. And uh, when you speak my name, I shall live forever. And today's episode is dedicated to Ron Hirschberg because without, unfortunately, him and what he's had to go through, you know, but we do appreciate both of you and everybody that has worked with Hirschberg and just to be where you are today and looking forward to what you have to bring to us in the future. So thank you. And we, I will say congratulations on 25 years. It's been, you guys have been successful and we are looking forward to what the next few years are going to bring us. So thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Roberta. Well, there you have it. Another amazing story on our journey to Put an end to pancreatic cancer. Find ways to increase the odds. We invite you to join us each and every week as we share lots of people on this journey, all headed towards the same destination as we explore living hope and program designed for hope, inspiration, and education for all those living with pancreatic cancer and the people around them. And if you'd like to share your story, well, please contact us. We'd love to uh, add you to the list of voices. And if you'd like to do something today to reach out and help in some way, we urge you to do this. Contact the Hirschberg Foundation for Pancreatic Cancer Research. Their website's pretty simple, pancreatic.org. Pancreatic, P-A-N-C-R-E-A-T-I-C, pancreatic.org. You can even call them at 310-473-5121. But reach out and find out more how you can help in this battle. The Hirschberg Foundation, H-I-R-S-H-B-E-R-G, Hirschberg Foundation for Pancreatic Cancer Research. For the OC Talk Radio Network, I'm Paul Roberts, thanking you for joining us, hoping you'll share this with others, and you'll come back and ride along as we continue to see where this story unfolds. Right here at Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net, streaming live from our studios here at the University of California, Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center.